I'm sorry, I'm trying to quit. You, you, you even do that. I love that you, you're, you've got the candy cigarette. Commit to the bit. And, and, and you are absolutely just <laughs> rolling with You're tapping it. You're tapping it to get the quote-unquote tobacco. Uh, to get the beef gelatin to the, to the filter. <laughs> right, right, exactly. you gotta, you, gotta, you got to eat it all the way up to the filter. That's, that's where the heroin is. <laughs> that's not me. That, that was stolen from uh, 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 the guy, Dennis... The, the, the guy, oh, that, what's yeah. his fucking name? Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary, yeah. Yes. Uh, people give him shit for stealing bits. Everyone steals bits, but he was he was very good in uh, in that fireman show. He, he, was, he was good in stand-up. I loved his albums. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm an asshole. Oh, yeah. Although that, that song got tired. Quick. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't like but, comedy songs. But <laughs> it did kind of launch him. I mean, yeah, I mean, he was—he already had the MTV bits already. That was, mm-hmm. you know, starting to propel him. But when he released that song, that really threw him into the into the comedy fire. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you just see, uh, how many packs of candy cigarettes do you have left? Uh, like twelve. A lot. <laughs> how many was in the carton? I guess it was. Like, yeah, it was a carton. I don't know. It was get a, a lot. Like twenty-four. I don't know. Jesus. I, I give them away occasionally. 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 Jeff Roth just got one. Oh, boy. Oh, that was great. Because he, he wins these great freaking steel gauntlets. Yeah. And apparently his wife was more excited about those candy cigarettes. <laughs> it's very special. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Nothing not wrong with candy cigarettes. Uh, kind of. The, the flavor really isn't there, is it? it? It doesn't taste like... It tastes like sugar. Well, I just had a sandwich, right? It's all savory. And now I just needed something sweet. Gotcha. And so this is just pure sugar and beef gelatin. Okay. So it, it's so obviously he's more on a purity track because if it's... He just needs a little bit of something sugar without flavor and he likes his water with small bubbles. This is who he's become. Tiny bubble. <laughs> Deb, are you on the Pellegrino track? Uh, well, I'm drinking this, which is Spindrift. Right. That is, uh, I don't think that's uh, naturally carbonated. Well, no, it's sparkling. It is sparkling it water. It says sparkling. With fruit. Oh. Yeah. It's is, just, it's, I I can drink these. I usually don't drink an entire can. I wish, it's one of those I wish they came in like the half cans. But Yeah, you see, Deb didn't listen to the last show where I said, oh. Pellegrino's special because it's <clears throat> naturally sparkling. That's what it says on the bottle. Now, where does it come naturally sparkling? I don't Carbonation. know. Carbonation. From the Earth? Yeah. Volcanic gases. I looked it up. Yeah. See? See? Shut up. Can you believe it? (laughs) I couldn't believe my eyes when I read it. It's it's a thing. I told you. Yeah. Well, so what? That still makes you more of a fancy pants than you deserve to be. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, really. I look down my nose at you. Uh, Fru-fru is definitely the description. Well, don't break your neck. You know, I'm just going to let the little people have theirs. It's okay. Deb, how do you live with this? I just ignore him most of the time. Wow. She puts on the nose, noise, nose. Yeah. The nose canceling Nose cancellation. Yeah. Those are awful. He can't look down his nose after that. Voldemort used one of those. It was awful. Yeah. I have his wand. His real wand? No. Yes. 
please. His wand. Just throw that in there right there. <laughs> what? I, I I have things. I have Sirius Black's wand. I also have Luna Lo. I have oh, lots of wands. It's you want to? It's a wand throw. I have more. Okay. I don't wow. care. So why bring it up? It's because oh, you mentioned Voldemort. Well, you're testy today, aren't you? <laughs> Is it because you didn't get enough chocolate-covered strawberries? You know, honestly, I was not happy with that because the chocolate wasn't dark. See? Frou-frou. Frou-frou! Yeah. <laughs> I know. He's never happy. Man. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 677. I am Master Torgo. Commander K. Classy Vlarg. And Deb. And we're here to talk Week in Geek. That's right. Deb, welcome back. Good to have you, you back. Thank you. Uh, Barry, I'm sorry you're here. Classy Vlarg. <laughs> uh. All right. We're back to the Deb show. Yeah. Thank yeah. goodness. Sorry, work has just been really crazy this time of year, so... I just want to throw out there, everybody on uh, Kofi, all of those giving love to Cop Rock, thank you. No. Thank you very, no. very, very much. No, no, no. Cop Rock is terrible. I don't know what kind of jerk would subject someone to watching that garbage, but... Uh, the same person who subjects someone to watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space. How, how dare, dare you? you? How dare how, you? How dare, how dare you? you? One thing Tear your on. geek card up and get out of this house. This is his house. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> wow but uh yeah cop rock had its flaws uh but deserved more love than it got so thank you for respecting that in the kofi people thank you <sighs> cringe mm -hmm. what is wrong with cop rock it he doesn't like musicals period remember we've had this conversation right yeah. so anything where there's active singing and it's not music in the background he can't he doesn't like it doesn't matter what they're doing in the style. The only thing he likes that has singing is the Three Amigos. That's it. Well, well, hold on. There's another acceptable musical. And what's that? Which one? Uh, the Blues Brothers. Yeah. You call that a musical? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe Tommy. <laughs> okay. Maybe Tommy. Isn't that the pinball? Pinball Wizard. Yeah. Yeah. Do, 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 do. I was in a production of Tommy. Really? Yeah. What'd you play? Cousin Kevin. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Look at you. I can't remember his name. So a I'm musical? Drop it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a musical. Okay. Moving on. All right. Okay. <laughs> I just remember I was pissed off I was on a cruise because the guy wouldn't play Pinball Wizard. Wait, what, like he, he taking... The piano guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Always at the piano bar, they always take suggestions. He right. didn't take my suggestion. Half the time it's because they have a book, and the book is, these are the songs I know and can play. Ah, uh, right. And can sing, because they also sing. So some of them some of them we have seen are more adventurous. They'll be like, let me see if I can find it. And if they can, they'll try it. But yeah. This and the book one. is all Elton John, all Billy Joel, all Ed Sheeran, all that stuff. Well, then the basic stuff. Pinball Wizard should have been there. Should have been. Sure, sure. And it's not like it's that complicated uh, chord-wise. It's I could probably figure that out chord-wise. Yeah. In about you know two minutes. Well, he didn't now, do as long that. as you can pull up the lyrics, that's uh, that should be pretty easy to do. It won't be like an amazing performance, but it will be Pinball Wizard. <laughs> I think I want to hear you play Pinball Wizard on the kazoo. Really? You think people want to hear the kazoo or the the mouth harp? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Does Todd have either one of those things? No, but I, they're cheap. I don't, and I'm willing to try. <laughs> hmm, I wonder how much a kazoo and or mouth harp is. Uh, Kazoos how, are cheap. Yeah, well, how about if uh, we do kazoo accompanied by mouth harp? Ooh, and then I'll play the jug. <laughs> I, I think we're going to And now we got Emmett Otter's brown jug band going. 
<laughs> yeah, brothers. <laughs> Brother, where art thou? I love that song. I mean, the whole mm. soundtrack to that movie. That's good. Is that where, where are we with this? What the? We've gone so far off track. Well, it just, that happens. I wanted to just compliment the monkeys on the cop rock thing. That's all. So, what geeky things did you do, Deb? It's been a while. What did you do? Well, <clears throat> I've gotten to catch up on one of the shows that I started watching, The Serpent Queen, on Star. The Stripping Queen. The Serpent. Oh, the Serpent Queen. <laughs> I heard the same on thing, stars. Todd. Yes. I was just like, all right, Deb. <laughs> it's about Catherine uh, Medici, uh, Medici, Medici. Oh. Um, so she was queen of France during the same time that Queen Elizabeth was queen of England and it's it follows her story and in, I like I like the take that they've done you know how a lot of historical dramas I don't know in the last couple of years have tried to make it more like mo- with modern feels but it still takes place in historical time with this one they do it with music in some of the the styling so she is retelling parts of her life to somebody else and so when she's doing that in the episode and a lot of times the actress because it depends on if it's young her or current her the older her is samantha morton she'll turn to the camera and talk to the camera oh i like that i like the fourth wall break yes and then get back to talking to the people that she's standing around and so i appreciate the way that they have done the story um and i I know more, obviously, about British history than I do French royal history. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to kind of see this time period in France because it's before they had Versailles, before it was, you know, over-the-top luxury and ridiculousness and spending everybody else's money with theirs. And um, so, you know, she's from Italy, and she was, like, the last of the line of the Medici family. So it was after the fall of the Medici family from Italy. And she got married off. Her uncle was the Pope at the time. And she got married off to the the King of France's second son. Who ends up, his brother dies and he ends up becoming oh, king. Yeah, and those Medicis. Those nasty Medicis. Yes. Yeah. So she, but at that point in their family line, like she was no longer like a noble. She was a common person. And so it's the telling of her becoming the Queen of France as a commoner. So it's interesting. And they're going to have a second season. So I'm kind of interested to see where the storyline goes. Now, you, uh, now, what is it about the music? Is it, is it like so Night's Tale music? Um, oh, please don't. Yes, but no words. So oh, it's okay. kind of like Game of, you know, Game of Thrones sometimes or um, one of the other shows we watch where they do like Metallica cover and you can tell. Westworld. Westworld. Yeah. It's more yeah. like Westworld style <clears throat> where you can you, cool. you hear it and you're like, oh, I know that song. Oh, yeah. yeah like we were watching The Last of Us and The Cure was playing. Yes. On the carousel. That was cool. So yeah. So it's it's a it's an interesting take and a different way of presenting. So it still is, you know, it feels historical, but it has like those modern nuances that I appreciate. So. You said this is on stars. It's on stars. Okay. Yep. And then Barry. Well, hold on. <laughs> Uh-oh. What you can't see is that when she said that, her whole tone of voice changed, and she oh. looked at me with great disdain. They heard the tone change. Uh, we're, we're used to that. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't yeah. see what I saw. The death eyes. So, going back to, I don't have a ton of free time this time of year, because work is really busy. And I had some video game time, and Barry's like, I was going to continue playing Ori and the Wisps. Yeah. In the Will of the Wisps. And he's like, you should try this. He had downloaded some more Game Pass games. 
Uh, so I tried Darkest Dungeon. Rumors on come Xbox. to our family. <laughs> and you remember our venerable house. Now I have another game that I want to play that I don't have the time to play, but I want to play. It's so good. But it's it's rough though on the Xbox because of the game. It was you can tell it was obviously made for PC. All the controls and it's like ridiculous. You're like, which button do I? It's like you have to hit one button to hit something else to get to this menu, and then you have to hit this trigger to hit this piece like up on the it's ridiculous it's a little awkward um so it's a good thing that it's not like a you know first person gotta go hit all your buttons all at the same time type of game you get to take turns like and you, ori right right so um but i'm liking it it's good and the stress mechanic is interesting That's and rough really makes that game it's, it's rough it is like holy crap there was Barry was sitting there was watching me play and one run I had almost no stress it was amazing it was wonderful and um part of it too was because they rested it was a medium so they rested and I got to like de-stress all of them and then the next run I went on with different people to give them some better level stuff every single one of them was almost almost max stress by the time I freaking got back to town I was like this is ridiculous because then I have don't I don't have enough spots in the de-stressing locations to de-stress everyone and i've capped out on how many people i can have and it's yeah so it's it was causing you stress yes yeah and now you're larping <laughs> <laughs> it is it's, it's a great game it has that call of cthulhu madness kind of uh, mechanic yeah. to it it's, everything about the art yeah. is dark as hell all the story is super dark that wayne june's voiceover is amazing but dark i love it but it's also one of those games that is easy to pick and put down if i only have time to play for like 15 minutes i can probably get like one short run in save my game and stop yeah which is the nice thing about these couple of games that i've been playing re- recently because i don't have it like hours i can just sit down and play a video game right now so it's nice to be interested in those games because a lot of times they don't catch my attention. I get bored really fast, and so I just don't ever go back to them. But I so far, I've really liked Ori and the Wisps, Will of the Wisps, and Darkest Dungeon. Did you play the first Ori game? The I have not. Okay. No, just the second one. The second one, I think I said, it was on my uh, Steam list for years. So like as soon as it was released, I had it on my wish list for Steam, and it just kept every once in a while I'd get an email, it's on sale, it's on sale. And then when I saw it on Game Pass for free, I was like, yes. So. What's funny is I went looking, I talked a little bit about this last week, I went looking for Ori, Will of the Wisps on Game Pass, uh, but I came across the first one first, and so I've been playing uh, Ori in the Blind Forest, and yes, my my goodness, that is a dexterity monster. Yes, yes. That, uh, just flipping through the air and catching this and launching that and just the the Hitting finesse the right you angle. yes the yes. finesse you need on that controller is just intimidating after a while oh yes and i know some of you shock monkeys after i talked about it last time found some people who played through without dying and i guarantee you that they played a zillion times before they recorded the one where they didn't die <laughs> guarantee it oh yeah anything else Deb? um one more thing I want yeah. to talk about. so we finally got to watch The Woman King, Viola Davis. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, not just because it's really a movie about like women taking their own and doing what they want and being the people they want um, in their lives. And, but like, you know, it takes place in Africa in the 1800s. 
um, when slavery is still huge and it's about them fighting back and pushing slavery out of their country. Um, because obviously at some point, you know, slavery was only able to still function because um, a lot of people in power in Africa were letting it happen. And so the movie is a lot about how they were standing up for themselves and pushing back on, um, you know, the warlords or the the kings of those regions, making that able to continue so that it made them money, right? It was it was a really good movie. Hmm. It's a very good movie. Bunch of kick-ass fight scenes, too. Oh, yeah. The Woman King. Something for everybody. <clears throat> is that a fairly new film? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is available, though. We watched it. I think it's on HBO. It's on one of the... It's paid, on HBO for, for sure. For yeah, it's now. on one of the paid networks, but we didn't have to pay to watch it. So it's on okay. something that we already had access to. So it was it was very good. Very enjoyable. Barry, did you do anything deemed worth talking about? You bet your ass I did. <laughs> Jerk off. I played Atomic Heart. Oh, did you now? Yes, because it's... That's the, that's the Russian game, That's right? the Russian game. It's on Xbox Game Pass right now. It released the same day. So I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm downloading that shit. Uh, it's a first-person shooter by Focus Entertainment and 4 Divinity. Uh, you can get it on uh, Windows, PS4, PS5, Xbox, Xbox SS, fucking Game Boy, whatever. Um, it was released February 21st, so I downloaded it the same day. It was it great, it's got great reviews. Someone was bitching about it because of the Russian propaganda, but it's like alternate universe stuff where the Russians uh, beat the Germans to scientific prowess back in the 40s, and then they... they won world war ii basically and uh they released this thing and this is funny they released the brown plague let that sink in for a second uh and it killed a bunch of people and now everyone wants russian robots to help supplement the workforce now does it take place in modern times or is it 55 a classic okay so kind it's of like that fallout. whole yeah fallout aesthetic yeah i'll give you the i'll give you the the quick setting Okay. okay, please. Atomic Heart takes place on the grounds. Of, I should do this in a Russian accent. Oh, Atomic really Heart takes yeah. place in the grounds of Facility 38. I'm not doing that. No, I can't understand. You. The Soviet Union's foremost scientific research hub in an alternate history, 1955, because in 36, uh, scientists developed a li- sorry, sorry, scientist Dmitry Seknyov developed a liquidized programmable module called a polymer, sparking bra- massive technological breakthroughs. And in this game, you're in floating cities. Ooh. Like in 1955, and here we are, still stuck in the combustion engine. It sucks. Um, so when World War II broke out, the Soviets gained the upper hand. I think he's doing Russian propaganda right now. Yeah. <laughs> and they left millions dead. Da, 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 da. As part of the Soviets' reconstruction program, Dr. Seknov created a wireless networked AI called Collective 1.0. It linked all the robots together. And then the, uh, he developed the Thought Neuroconnector that integrates this polymer into the human body. And so you're, the dude you run around as has this thing in his in his glove. And it, 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 it's like Jarvis, kind of. You could talk to it, and you upgrade things, and you could do like a shock thing because of it. It's, I've heard it compared to Bio- Bioshock. Is yes, that, that's that what Deb yeah. said. It yeah. looked like Bioshock. Okay. Yeah, very much so. And there's a crafting system where you build... You, and the coolest thing, instead of like opening all the containers, you just put your hand out and it like opens all the containers and, and sucks all the good stuff out of them. It's awesome. I wish I had that when I was moving. <laughs> um, anyway, shit goes wrong. You fight robots. Lots of evil, bad robots. And uh, it's, it's fun. It is frustrating at times because it's a hard-ass game. Uh, luckily, there's these obvious save points. 
Um, and I've used a few. I I played it the other night until my Xbox took a shit, and which usually tells me, yeah, it's maybe time to go to bed. So, <laughs> what, what what does it mean that your Xbox took a shit? Like like because like right in the middle of something, it goes. It's been doing a lot. Well, and it, it freezes. Yeah, it just freezes, and then whatever app it's in, it shuts it down. We have the the we have an, the first gen Xbox One. Okay. We have another one, but we play it on the main Xbox One because okay. we're gonna play that one till it dies, and then we'll have a good one. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else you do? Um, that's all I can think of right now. That I've right. already talked about. Yeah. All right. Uh, first off, I want to say that uh, what I'm about to say is a little unfair uh, because Matt's taking a little hiatus from the show. Just needs some time to himself. Uh, so, uh, but I have a bone to pick because he suggested a show that he thought I'd really like, and my wife and I watched it, and we didn't like it. The show is called Devil in Ohio. It's on Netflix. Netflix really pushed it for a little while based on the novel by the same name. Don't know the author. Don't care. It is about a girl that escapes a very powerful cult, a a devil-worshipping cult uh, that owns a county in Ohio. They own the one and only sheriff of that county, and they're very powerful, strong lawyers. But one girl escapes and is rescued by a hospital therapist and she fosters her while they try to figure out where they can send her and then of course cult things happen um my wife summed it up perfectly when we were all done with i I don't know if it's eight or ten episodes one of the two but we were all oh we watched them all We, we were compelled enough by the story wondering where it went and when it all went there we were like that just was not a surprise at all the writing is hackneyed. The acting acting is close. People make dumb decisions because the writers deem them so. Don't your favorite Barry not giving information that they have Hate for a good reason. Hate it. And it why I felt like, like I was watching a really middling novel. Like I bought one of those New York Times bestsellers that when you read it, I'm like, well, this isn't special at all. This is just a formula story. Right. Uh, that's what this was. But my wife summed it up perfectly, said, well, that was the longest Lifetime movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was. The whole thing felt so Lifetime. And a lot of it was because of the performance. A lot of it was because of the writing. It was so formula. And Matt, why the fuck, one, did you like it? And two, suggest it to me. This it was not good. Maybe it doesn't like you. Maybe so. Maybe this was an intentional thing. I don't like you. <laughs> so uh, so uh, if you were thinking about watching Devil in Ohio, don't. It's not good. It's, it's just <laughs> so pedestrian through and through. Yeah. Uh, but what I can suggest is one thing that you guys watched, and I, uh, my wife and I finally watched it and had a ball with it, and that is the menu. Yeah. The menu is so much fun. It was. It it's, really was. When we were done, it was like, that feels like one of those horror movies that takes horror to the next level. The same kind of feeling I got when I was done with The Witch. If you've never seen The Witch, watch The Witch. It's phenomenal. Okay. Uh, or The Witch for some of you. Um, but when you're done with it, it's like, okay. Not only that was that a good horror movie, but it elevated it into something new and... Uh, to the not to the point of being artsy, but definitely artistic. Yeah, uh, it had something to say. The satire was really punchy with it, and the cast is phenomenal. In fact, the uh, lead actress, uh, 
last name's Joy something. Uh, she was the lead actress. Anna Taylor in the Joy. Witch. Yeah, Anna Taylor Joy. She, the one whose eyes are too far apart. She was in the Witch. She was starred in the Witch as well. Uh, but such a good, good movie. And I, I don't want to go into it. It is one of those movies that you shouldn't know anything going yeah, into it. Don't spoil just it. Just roll in. And I was told the same thing about the movie Barbarian. Uh, I was told, don't when you see Barbarian, don't go go into it no, not knowing anything. And what a disappointment that one was. I've heard such good things about Barbarian. Really? Yeah. And it it. I, maybe it's because the menu set our expectations so high. We just seen Smile the week before, and Smile is super good. Smile is formulaic, but it does the formula really well. So it doesn't matter that it's formulaic because it's entertaining despite it, unlike Devil in Ohio. But Barbarian, I don't know why it's gathering the praise it is. It has some great performances in it. Justin Long is great in it. However, I, I, I find the end, I don't know, the end, I don't want to give it away because t- telling what the antagonist is does, but I found the antagonist completely uninteresting. I, I don't like the, uh, for lack of a better word that doesn't spoil much, the, the backwoods hillbilly style thing. Mm. It just. Too close to home. It huh? is. I grew up with it. I don't like it. Um. <laughs> It's a, it's an Indiana thing, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Torgo grew up without shoes. And, and what's what's horrible is it started out great. It's like like the first third of them, like I'm in, I'm on board. And then when the reveal happens, and then the movie changes tone completely. Not that it was necessarily a bad thing that that happened, because it introduced a really fun character with that. But it just didn't gel, and it's it looked like it was going to be one thing, and it turned out to be something else, and the something else was very disappointing. It it was I was expecting something neat, original, and kind of uh, surprising, and everything turned out to be oh, that's not surprising at all. That's disappointing. I like movies where halfway through it's one thing, and then oh crap, this is something else. Yeah, and, you and, know? and I got excited when the tone change happened because it's abrupt. And and you you if you you've you've seen the movie you know what it is and when you watch the movie you'll know when it happens because it is bam tone change new character everything just becomes bright and colorful. What's the Tarantino vampire movie with Clooney? Uh, that is Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, see, in the beginning of that film, it's two brothers who are criminals escaping yeah. from the law, yeah. and then halfway through the movie, I think Tarantino threw out the plot dice, and it landed on vampire Aztecs. <laughs> it Fuck was, it, let's do this. It was, yeah, it was real big change. That that one, I really enjoyed But it worked, that. it was fun. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Uh, yeah. so, and did anybody ever see the TV series? God no. no, no. Okay, so I'm, I'm curious as if you've monkeys, if you've seen it, uh, hit me up on the Kofi or in the uh, the layer. Uh, let me know if that's even worth watching if you've right. seen it. I am kind of curious because I do like Dust Till Dawn. I've been curious about that series for a while, but after Devil in Ohio, I'm a little gun shy. <laughs> as opposed to say Cowboys and Aliens, where the beginning, all the cowboys, it's like, I want to see this western. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, and then the alien, yeah, and yes. then the aliens show up, and everything kind of goes, goes off the rails yeah. in, in, in a bad way. Yeah, but you yeah, knew was, there was aliens; it wasn't a surprise. Right. Well, aliens. that's true. That's true. Yeah. In fact, in fact, if anything, it was kind of a disappointment because I was sitting there like, I, because I, I think I remember watching the movie and just being like, I, I really don't want the aliens to show up. 
because yeah. this is actually this is good. This is good. If they didn't say, if they didn't call it Cowboys and Aliens, if there was a surprise to everybody, it would have been better. Dude, I wager the suits choked. I'll wager you oh, dollars to donuts. I don't, I don't think so because it was based on a comic book called that. Oh yeah, too bad. Yeah. So and also the budget would be too big. You can you can play fuck around. With those smaller budget things, yeah. But man, marketing departments, Barry, don't like if you know you playing that kind of shit. You know, you got to be careful. Oh, they want a solid ROI. Yeah. Before they invest. Yeah. Mm. And a, a movie called Cowboys versus Aliens. Kind of should be that should be that boring. No. Yeah. I I, I found it's not as pedestrian as. <laughs> Yeah. Devil in Ohio. Well, but it's it was it felt very rote. If anything, I think the problem with Cowboys and Aliens is the exact reason why I kind of liked it because the beginning was so cool. Yeah, and it was like you know what they kind of needed to get to the aliens a lot sooner, and and they spent so much time developing everything as cowboys that if it had been a switcheroo, that had been cool. But like Barry said, you knew it was coming. So you're getting you anticipated this, a you're, lot, but you didn't get anything. You get this cool western, and yeah. then the aliens show up, they and it gets it. rather pedestrian. It's like yeah. snakes on a plane. Remember that? I remember existing. I, yeah, oh, I haven't God. seen every, it. Every, yeah. Really? I went yeah. to the theater to see that. Of course, yeah. Sam yeah. Jackson. Yeah. They had nothing else to do. That was something that excited you. are not fooling anyone. Yeah, you were down for that prior. Because <laughs> <laughs> he, he wanted to hear him say, those goddamn motherfucking snakes, snakes on, on the motherfucking plane. plane. But we all got to see that on every preview. I know. Yeah, I know. But that was one of those movies where it was a formulaic, okay, Sam Jackson's going to be the hero, and there's a terrorist on the plane, something's going to happen. And then there's snakes. Yeah. That's cool. I like when the... I want to know where these plot dice are, and I want to know what's on all six sides of each of two of them. Mm. Best thing about that movie was the Cobra Starship song. I stand behind it. (laughs) Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Okay, what'd you do? Uh, I had... I watched Francine and Jerry's Puppers for the last time. Oh. Uh, Francine and Jerry... uh, what being geeky the, things did you do? Well, hold on a second. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I watched some dogs. He's, yeah. lay, he's laying out the story. Francine this and is... Jerry are the uh, Star Trek orphans family. You know, it's where we would go if you had nowhere else to go for the holidays and stuff like that. So, and Halfway I, house for lost actors. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's pretty good. But um, I also, uh, I just, I've come to love those dogs. So, and it was kind of... Uh, kind of bittersweet because it's probably the last time I'm watching them. But uh, what the hell had Vernon over, and we did a DVD night. And amongst the things we watched was Duel. I think I've talked about oh, it before. The Spielberg. Duel. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it was really cool watching that movie again because just watching all the Spielbergian cinematography, the 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 shots. And everything that would, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't really explain it. Cause it's like, it's, it's the first movie movie he did. And, and, you know, it was like a TV movie, but they were just like, this is a great movie movie. And is that based on a Matheson novel? Well, it's written by Matheson. Oh, okay. So, uh, but it was just, it was really interesting. Uh, you know, very Jaws, <laughs> you know, getting hunted 
by some mysterious thing. It's Proto Jaws. Den- Dennis Weaver is great, and just tons of uh, film shots, uh, um, zooms going through objects. So, like, you'll be on the one side of the truck, and then you'll zoom underneath it to the other side to get a close-up of Weaver looking at something. Lots of pans where you go across the windows of the cars and stuff like that, and it was just... It was just very, 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 very cool watching that, knowing uh, this guy is just going to become one of the absolute greatest ever. It's really, you know, interesting to think about when you think about, like, Duel or um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind and, you know, Jaws. And even, even with Jaws, he's, he's, he's not there yet. Right, you still haven't had Raiders of the Lost Ark. We still haven't had E.T., where things just went so fucking stratospheric. So it's really, it was just really interesting to sort of chart that course. And it did a similar thing because we also watched Terminator and Predator, and I didn't realize it. It's funny how you can lose track because Terminator was in uh, uh, Conan was in 1982. Terminator, 84. 85 was Commando, and um, one other, shit, I've forgotten, and then 87 was Predator. So it was like five years from Conan to Predator. Was it the... Was it the one where he was a Russian agent? No, that one is uh, Red Heat. Red Heat. And I think that one actually is is right around the time of Predator, if not after. Oh, okay. So, that's um, bother me now. But it was, it was just like, it was like, that's amazing. Because I just, you know, I remember everybody kind of laughing about Conan, right? And this guy who can barely fucking speak and everything. And in five years. And, and then, of course, you know, Predator, the whole coolness like that. I, I think Running Man might have come before that. Running Man. Running Man. There you go. That's what... That's Nigger? I don't remember. Yeah. He was in that one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Running Austin. around in spandex. That's when they like they shoot him into the maze or whatever in the tube thing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Richard Dawson was yeah. the... Who the, loves uh, you and who do you love? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's... Oh, oh Killian. They gotta, they gotta fucking remake that. They are. That's, oh good. Yeah. I've oh, got, we've talked about that. Yeah. I've, I've got the stock on Hollywood Stock Exchange. Oh, okay, it's, it's good. Okay, good. Um, but which I started playing. You know, <laughs> tracking that it. arc was just amazing because it was just like holy shit balls. I didn't realize that it was so tight. You know. Well, he did like a ton of movies in a very short amount of time. Cause yeah. He, wasn't Twins late eighties too, or was that early nineties? <laughs> twins was Twins. He did a shit ton of films. Twins like, was just just a little was towards that late eighties thing, and yeah. yeah, that was coming out, and that was like that was like a breakout thing because that wasn't like a an action right. Thing. It was a comedy. Right. And you yeah. had kindergarten kindergarten. Cop was also comedy. Cop, which was uh, kind of comedy but also actiony, you know, and then of course True Lies, which was. Just fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it was a good movie. And Last Action Hero. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, I I liked Last Action Hero. I, surprise! I enjoyed lot of that me, too. People do. I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. That's a candidate <laughs> for Clockwork Torgo. Yeah, you know what? It, oh. it, it Last Action Hero is funny because at the time, I don't know that it worked because I think 
the audience might have had a bit of a problem with with that much Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger winking at the camera, which is essentially what that movie was. But now watching it, love it because it's 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 laughing at everything about eighties action movies. It's laughing about everything about it, and. Um, it's immensely enjoyable. So it's really funny. It's sort of like, you know, it's, I think it's actually come into its time now, even more so than back then. Although I do blame <clears throat> Kindergarten Cop for Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. So <laughs> well, do, you, have, you uh, heard that story, right? Because Schwarzenegger no, supposedly tells the story that he floated. He was looking at that script so Stallone would jump on it and do it. And he jokes that he kind of, he kind of uh, bamboozled Stallone into doing that stinker. <laughs> I did not hear this story. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He actually tells that story. So, so yeah, watching that, just watch tracking arcs. You know, just realizing, oh, I'm old. There's all this history now. You know, in movies. Jeez, I'm gonna die soon. But. Um, <laughs> That's also probably you know from hanging out with Vernon, but oh, uh, but it. but actually it was it's just <laughs> it's just interesting to look back on that stuff now and just see see these wow you know it's like I, it's it's one of those I was there you know when it was starting right you you witnessed this piece of film history right I was looking up I still haven't gotten it yet I want to get the Night Gallery Blu-rays oh. Because uh, there are a few things I barely remember from that. I watched it with my parents when I was a kid. Never seen it since. If you're not familiar, Night Gallery is uh, the fo- pretty much the follow-up to Twilight Zone. Yeah, it was when Sterling, Serling, Serling, yeah. Serling was like, eh, I've got some, I've got a few more stories in me, and it was in color. And um, did they used to show them? I think I've seen them before. They used to show them on Saturdays. Maybe. I think they bring in it like back the for 90s. a while. Yeah. yeah. And, um, uh, of course, Spielberg, I think the very first thing he did was in Night Gallery. He did a Night Gallery episode. One of the first few episodes, in fact. Um, but it was funny because looking through that, you see all these names of people and you're just like, holy crap. Uh, you mentioned Night's Tale. Yeah. I just happened to pop into a Night's Tale clip somebody put on YouTube. Because uh, I just watched a James Purefoy thing from Rome. Okay. And so, of course, all these suggestions start popping up. And I see this one Night's Tale thing. I click on it. And I'm just looking at that whole cast. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. They're all, they all went on to, there's fucking, there's Ash. It's a surprisingly good movie. Yes, I yeah. love that movie. Night's so, Tale. So I, I was, yeah, I was just like, wow, that's amazeballs. But anyway, so yeah, there was. I, I've been busy. We're hitting deadlines with uh, the magazine, so I didn't have a lot of time. I so I that night, and then also I've just been reading through my Mutant Future book. I'm pretty sure I'm going to run something in that soon when I'm done with uh, what I'm currently running, because that uh, that's just that's just kind of fun looking and uh, interesting system to try out, and that's that's. Uh, that's where I've left off, really. Just uh, and looking at various game systems and stuff. Just examining different types of ways of gaming. I still want to create a uh, a G and D Geek Shock role playing game. We'll do something. Figure out something. <laughs> you know, with musicals. No. No. <laughs> no. 
Fun fact, if you roll up a bard, your character explodes. <laughs> we could do my Jane Austen call of Cthulhu. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, well, hey. you've got... Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Hey, don't you lie. Steve actually got you to look at some period piece yep. costuming, and you got a chubby. <laughs> very likes likes I do enjoy costumes. Yeah. I, he sits here and makes fun of LARPs and shit, but he likes he his... He used to play freaking vampire. He, 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 he likes frilly of, of all collars of and, yeah. and of cuffs and shit. And all of us. He has LARPed more than all of us put together. Oh, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Knickers that come down just below his knees and you wear long socks and shit. I had, a, I had that for a Halloween costume once. I rocked that shit. I looked good. Yeah, for all the LARPing shit he gives... He loves dressing up in costume. Yeah, yes. oh, I just love going overboard. There are two directions you can go: yeah. big or home. <laughs> okay, Larry. or or you know, in Barry's case, a big home. <laughs> eh. So yeah, well, what you got a fucking stormtrooper standing in a corner of your house? I had a stormtrooper standing in my tiny house ten years ago. What's yeah. the difference? You can have small areas. I'm not as saying long as you have like great shit in it. It's go great. big in home. All right. I, uh, That's gee. what he meant. Are you, you know trying what? to get me to LARP in my home? <laughs> I'm not trying You've to get you to do anything. With me. We am. did like a Roman thing. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Did. Todd betrayed us. Of I, course that, he did, because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> that was the character I got. It was one of those mystery things. I don't like those mystery things. So, Everyone was a traitor. It. The funny part about it is I'm the one who gave everybody their roles. I was like, mm, okay, Kirsten can play this. I'll play Cleopatra. Like, And I gave Todd, it was uh, a woman merchant. Yes. I didn't know that he was the person who did it, but he ended up with the character who did it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Just luck of the draw. Friggin it just, it just happens, people. <laughs> I have no control over fate. Oh, my goodness. All oh, of your variants are pure evil. <laughs> You're just, like, mediocre. You're not living up to your evil potential. <laughs> yeah, really. You, you go you from your... chaotic to chaotic. Sometimes stupid. chaotic neutral. Chaotic but then it's stupid. like stupid. At some point, we are going to meet Mirror Universe Todd, and he's going to be this Christian uh, PhD professor yeah. at Yale. You know, Pure evil. He he goes out <laughs> and does hospital charity functions, and I wouldn't hang out. And with him. actually has <laughs> orphanages that actually work, and that children come out of them going to college and shit. Well, the ones he doesn't eat. <laughs> I hope he lives a blessed life. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. No, he's a televangelist. <laughs> oh yeah, Todd is the televangelist. Oh, that, that is betrayal. He uh, he actually followed after me as a televangelist for Marilyn Maybloom. Oh wow, that's right. Remember? What are we talking about? Marilyn Maybloom used to throw these professional murder mystery events in casino hotels here in Las Vegas uh, back in the late '90s, early aughts. And uh, Kristen and I were hired actors for these things. It, it was it was working. We uh, we didn't know each other because nope. uh, he came after me, but we played the same role, Reverend Billy Soul. Oh yes, and it's really funny because I still remember talking to you about it way back when I found out we were doing that, and you were like, "Oh, you are the one." <laughs> she would keep telling me, "I want you to do it like the other guy." <laughs> and I had no idea who the hell the other guy was. Yeah, it was <laughs> 
It's so fucking Speaking of fate, Kirsten and I were fated to meet. It's there the you go. That's right. <laughs> uh, what What's crazy, I was going through, we were getting rid of a whole bunch of stuff in our condo. And I was going through some of the old keepsakes, and I found an old review of a musical I was in here in Las Vegas at the uh, Repertory Theater here. And the review was written by Kirsten Sapansky before I ever <laughs> Yeah. And I actually uh, singled out Todd. Yeah. In That's a good or bad? Or? Oh, no, it was no, good. It was, okay. it was actually good this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. I was, that, I was, it was really funny because I still remember that musical, Damn Yankees. <laughs> and you guys. What's, what's funny is, no, he doesn't remember it all because I was never in, an, in Damn Yankees. Weren't you? No. <laughs> which one were you, which one were you? I, I think this one was uh, the uh, best little whorehouse in Texas. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah, Steve Biggs was in that one. Biggs was in that one. Yeah. That's why I don't remember you in it. But which you is really funny. But you singled me <laughs> out. I wrote you out. Too. Yeah. It's crazy. And the guy fucked with my text, too. Because I at one point call it the strangely reputable house of ill repute. And he didn't like that as an editor. So That's he, great. he changed it. No, so tongue tied, like didn't want people to get tongue tied reading it or no, something. I, that's clever. He was it a, is clever. He was a dipshit. Apparently. Changing my I was text. in the chorus. Why anyone would remember a chorus dude is beyond me. Well you uh you did I think it was the you did some physical stuff. Yeah. And I think that's what I remembered. Okay. Because uh, you did, you did like uh one of those nin- didn't you do like a you know, that ninja rooftop stunt where you grab you grab the, uh, the, 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 the eaves mm-hmm. above you, and then you kind of chin up, and then you roll over and just kind of slide yeah. onto the roof. Yeah. yeah, that was the thing I saw. I, and was, I was once just, a nimble fucker. And I was just <laughs> like, oh, that's fun. That is fun. <laughs> Too bad you weren't in Damn Yankees, because that was a better show. But. <laughs> now, I can, but I pull out the roof, it comes down on me. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And that's after you pull a muscle. So faded, um, Kay. We are faded. Yes. How strange it was. That's the thing about this business is you can totally, you know, this business here on this gig podcast. What the hell are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, you yeah, meeting people and you're just, oh, shit, I saw you do something so many times. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Still, like, I still remember my, everyone have a drink. Star Trek The Experience yeah, Story. Drink. A high school friend of mine. When I went to a, a reunion, like a 25th reunion, and I hadn't seen most of these people since high school. And one of my friends was just like, so you worked at Star Trek The Experience? And I was like, yeah. And he goes through his phone and he picks up a picture of him with me when I was the Andorian. Amazing. And he was just like, I was there. We did this. And I was like, holy crap. Because he was unrecognizable. Sure. He, he had completely changed. I went to a Star Trek convention in Denver, and some dude was talking about how he got married at the experience. He didn't know me from Adam. And uh, he pulls out his pictures, and I go, oh, look, there I am in your wedding. That was fun. Those are those are fun ones, because it's just, you're you're buried under the makeup, so they don't know. They don't know, yeah. Uh, hot nerd girl actually posted pictures. She's a... A little in cosplay influencer okay. and got uh, has a page on Facebook and stuff. She posted a bunch of experience pictures. So there's pictures of of uh, me with her, uh, Richard, um, Biggs, wow. uh, all of us in costume and makeup. Tom? Any with Tom? I 
believe so, actually. Generally, yeah, if, if, if you were a hot chick in the facility, at some point, Tom is going to oh, yeah. get a picture with you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let's move on to our classic stories and move on to some mail. Mail, mail, we've got mail. That's all you get for free. Uh, i got a couple pieces of mail. We'll do a quick one first. Uh, this one says, uh, hey, Funts and Deb. He didn't say Funts, but there's some words I won't say on the show. <laughs> wow. I think he was referring to Alan Funt. The, clearly, know, sure. yeah. yeah, clearly, sure. Yeah. The guy from Candid Camera, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's I think that's what he thinks we are. After the last episode, talking about recasting characters in movies with D and D classes, I want to see a Glee recast where every character is Duh. a bard played by Torgo in different outfits and wigs. That's from uh, Ice Cream Headache, aka Sir Chomps. Sir Chomps, yes, what one hundred percent. I'm gonna go no, one hundred percent. No, I, absolutely. I'm gonna. I'm call, voting yes. I'm calling. Oh, yes. I'm calling him out for sucking up. <laughs> Jeez, I hope you brushed all the brown off your nose after you finished writing that one. A little Glee, a little Cop Rock. It's all gonna come together. Oh. No my Glee. Own, my own TV channel. Glee it's was be amazing. Wonderful. Yes, it is. Yes, Glee Thank was. You. Crap. Beautiful Whatever. high school melodrama plus an awesome Music. song every yes. episode. <laughs> At least one. At least one. Oh, God. It wasn't a musical, but it was a proto-musical. Oh, it was, Jesus. It was, it was all about the musical number, but it wasn't all musical numbers. Right. It was staged musical numbers because yeah. they were in Glee Club. Right. At some point, they're probably going to do glee cop and it'll be a bunch of <laughs> high school students being cops and they sing songs and Todd will just explode. I am so wet right now. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to see 21 Glee Street. It's never going to happen. 21 Glee Street. Oh, my. The Glee Squad. So, yes. Thank you, Sir Chomps. Yes, 100%. Uh, the next one, a uh, little bit of mail. Uh, you missed a wonderful opportunity. So I have decided in my infinite magnanimity, it's a word, to grant you another chance. At the end of a recent episode, the team discussed the endangered species they would be interested in tasting. No, that was Vlarg. Yeah. And we admonished him for it. I yeah, stand by it. I stand by nothing it. Nothing was missed. <laughs> <laughs> Assuming no cruelty required due to the application of cloning technology, of course. Oh. An interesting discourse, but far too limited in scope. I pose the following question. What mythological or monster (laughs) manual meat would you masticate if given the opportunity? And what would you think it tastes like? Chicken is not an option. Mad Martron. Fine question, first of all, Martron. Barry, unicorn? Unicorn. (laughs) Without doubt. What's it? Unicorn. Yeah, what's it taste like? Birthday cake. (laughs) Sparkles. Tastes like sparkles. And it's slightly fizzy. (laughs) Like that shit you get at the Galaxy's Edge. The drink. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's pureed unicorn. Okay. The fuzzy tauntaun. The one that garnished with the horn. Yeah. But the fuzzy tauntaun stuff is that stuff that numbs your lips. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, I, I think I'd have to choose a hippogriff. I think hippogriff would be a very meaty animal. Uh, as far as the taste, it's it's got some foul to it, obviously, but n- not entirely. I think it might have a little more game to it. So I'm thinking, like a goose. Uh, yeah, maybe, but maybe more gamier than a goose. 
I don't know, maybe like a little lamminess to it, but still a foul meat style. That's what I'm thinking. And with a side of gelatinous cube. But it wouldn't taste like jello. It would no, more, no, be more to, like aspic. Well, yes. I mean, you have to Gross. flavor it too. So, you, well, that's easy. So to I'm, do. I'm thinking that it kind of has more of like an aperol taste when you're doing it. Ooh, interesting. See, I was going to go with maybe like a curry. Ooh, okay. curry aspic. Ah, interesting. Yeah. All right. Kirsten, what would you eat? Well, it would be curried, but it's dragon. No, oh, why wow. would you eat a dragon? That's that, just asking for it. Like, seriously. It would taste like alligator, probably, right? Because yeah, because in mythology, delicious. you gain the dragon's knowledge oh. when you eat it, eat of its brain. Ah, see? He's thinking. Yeah. yeah. But that's if you eat brain, and brain is not good for you. I'll do it for the knowledge. <laughs> yeah, but what if you get, like, a fucktarded dragon? I, I, I <laughs> wouldn't, I guess. You know, when they take me up to the dragon tank, and there's, the dragon that, tank. there's that one like banging his head against the, the glass. <laughs> I'm like, not that one. All I right. just gain the knowledge, control the world. So it's utilitarian choice. Well, why else are you going to eat mythological beasts? Because they taste good. Oh, yeah. Jesus. I bet they taste delicious. Would you eat Falcor? Uh, Nobody eat Falcor's brother. Oh, my goodness. I'm just crying at all of these. No. <laughs> but, uh, but, 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 but the horse. Oh, the horse. Oh, well, that's, you know, it's going down anyway. Yeah. Atreyu? Why would, what? Not Atreyu's horse. Yeah, Artax. Artax. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, if, Deb, are you choosing Atreyu? That's fucked up. Oh, no. Wow. wow. I'd eat Shadowfax because it's Shadow. fast food. <laughs> pun. Oh. I pun. Oh, look at you. <laughs> what would you eat, Deb? Uh, manticore. Ooh. Whoa. What would that taste like? Um, well, aren't they part like lion-ish? Yeah. But with you can buy lion tail. Meat. So Yeah, so you want spicy. To stay away from the tail, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What? There are people who eat scorpions. There are. Are you one of them? No. Okay. Why are you asking? Good point. You didn't bring it up. Deb, why are you eating <laughs> scorpions? I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, you can eat the, the tail. Because, again, it'll be meaty. Oh, uh, yeah. What's Probably it, choice what's, meat. What's it taste like? Um, Ooh, like Wagyu. Oh, yeah. wow. Melts in your mouth, Fine. full of flavor. Yeah. Wagyu Tasty. melts in your mouth? Oh, my God, good Wagyu. Dude, yeah. It literally, like, melts in your mouth. That's true. Meat that melts in your mouth. It's yeah. amazing. Crazy. It is amazing. Well, I mean... Yeah, well. I don't want to think about what it comes from. That yeah, <laughs> it's very tasty. Ooh, where does it come from? Baby cows. Oh, that never touch the ground and are treated very well. No, 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 no. That's veal. That's veal. Never mind. No, Wagyu comes from cows that live a great fucking better life yes, than we they eat. They are live. very. They are pampered. Pampered. Oh, pampered okay. cows. Yeah, veal is the yeah. Is the the demons? Yeah, I don't the, really like veal. It's it's yeah. There's not you know the texture. Lamb. We found out when we were in Ireland that lamb is baby sheep. Like, if it's actually called lamb, they are killed right, right. within a when year. They're young. Mutton right. is the... Yeah. Lamb. I didn't know that, though, until we went. I was like, what the hell? I know. Ruined forever. I know. I, well, you have to go back to man. Dude, I, I personally love veal, but I just, I can't stand the thought of it anymore because it's get it. so viciously nasty, yeah. cruel. 
And how about so. you, uh, Shock Monkeys? Uh, write to us comments at geekshockpodcast.com or throw it on the Kofi or even the layer. I want to know what mythological beast you'd like to eat and what it tastes like. I'm curious. You, you know what? Barry just gave me an indicator. We should, we should give away something. It's time to give some shit away. All right. Woo-hoo! So any Kofi member, tier two and above, you're in this role. So here we go. All right. Now, Jeff is not here. Right. So we need a, I need a, need a song. <clears throat> Deb, would you please? Ooh, I like it. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. That sounds too much like Family Feud. Whatever. It, is, it was the Family Feud. Why is, why is that bad? She was on bad? Family Feud. I was. Yeah. I am allowed. I think of anybody. Yeah. I guess. I just never liked that show. It was... Whatever. <laughs> You're so lame. Seriously. The shit that you like and don't like. That, give me a song. Whatever <laughs> yeah. song you want. I don't care. I, I liked that song. I already gave you a song. But I'm still rolling. Ba-da-ba, <laughs> You're helping the randomness. Survey says Steve Harvey sucks. Who do we got here? Let's check the list. Mama Ninja Scoop. Yeah. Congratulations. You're, you're getting something fun. Fun, not guaranteed. Yeah. Something having to do with the show. And of course, <laughs> if you haven't, if you haven't listened, what's going to be great is you haven't listened to this show. So when it arrives and you still haven't heard the podcast, it's going to be very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and, but uh, please, if you do catch this, make sure your address is updated, everyone, please. Yes, please make sure your address is updated correctly on Kofi. And remember... We're going to be, uh, what is it, uh, tier three, four, and five people are going to be getting some pictures pretty no, soon. Four and is it four five. and five? Four and, four and five. five. Oh, sorry, tier threes. You can always upgrade. Yeah, oh, you can always upgrade wow. and get some amazing pictures, which I'm actually drawing one as we're, as we're doing this right now. So. Hand drawn by Florg currently. Yeah, well, there's going to be a bunch of weird shit. <laughs> Just whatever, whatever flits across my subconscious. I, I'm looking at the paper, and this subconscious is really fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the mail's done. So Deb, what time is it? News you don't give a shit about. No. Nope. 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 Yay. Nope. 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 You just love this. I do. do I'm the one that loves chaos. You're the the embracer. Well, it's just uh, the pain. Oh, Barry and you oh. just in agony. He I just likes that part. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Are know. my stories that bad? They're not that bad. No, no it's, it's not just, your stories are bad. It's the news itself. It's that news sucks. they don't give a shit about, and they don't they don't care. They're shallow people who have no interest in little <laughs> trivia and stuff, and so they're in pain. And I'm just happy. Jerk. I like the stories. <laughs> oh wait, maybe you'll like this one. Yeah. So, I'm gonna talk a little bit about stupid people at Disneyland. Oh, that's okay? a big. Yeah. Subject. This is a little, uh, settle in. So, for those of you who have only been a few times or, you know, did not frequent the, the location in California or Florida growing up, like I did on a regular basis, so we always had season passes, things like that. It's your backyard. Yes. Um, you've experienced these things firsthand. But apparently, uh, recently, there's been mostly because of online social media. So, somebody did the stupid thing and posted themselves on TikTok doing it. And so now you have a bunch of people trying Uh, to copy what they're doing. This is the whole Tide thing, right? Yes. So (laughs) Guardians of the Galaxy mission, um, I forget what they call it. The the one that used to be the Tower of Terror, Twilight Zone. Yes, Mission Breakout. Okay. And which, by the way, if you have not written it since it's been rethemed, it's way better than 
Tower of Terror was ever because you go up and down so many more times and that's okay. like the best part of that ride. And I love it's Tower amazing. of Terror, so. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission Breakout is amazing. Super fun. But you wear a seatbelt on this ride because for those of you who have not, you know, been on it before, you drop. And so you kind of, your gravity is lost for a few seconds and you free fall for a little bit and it goes back up and down and up and down. And you not only drop, they actually, the track actually runs it down faster so you actually it's going down faster than you would drop right so your yes. free fall actions happen yes so anyway someone had the bright idea of filming themselves when they had their seatbelt on leaving some space so that they could move more freely and it allowed them to actually get air while on the ride okay uh the problem with this however is now you're really not you can hurt yourself first of all because if you're not super strapped in and you are uh kind of more floating around and banging around first you're sitting next to people you're in a metal seat and there's metal above you um if you made it loose enough that you freaking hit your head on come on how stupid do you have to be anyway (laughs) so they have had so many copycats that they had to post a sign that literally yeah a physical sign that literally says keep your seatbelt securely fastened and tight Failure to follow instructions may result in being asked to leave the park. And I will tell you, as nice as Disney is on their signage, they have a list. You will go to Disney jail. They will take your picture. They will put your name on a list. And you will not be allowed back in the park. And sometimes it's forever. Sometimes it's for a set amount of years. But they will do that. Disney does that. They will do that to ensure everyone's safety. They beat you in Disney jail. So (laughs) going back to what I was saying before in the 90s, when I was there and season pass holder in high school. And we would go sometimes with a big group of friends, um, which means, you know, not just like girlfriends I had, but guy friends and teenage guys who not usually not always make the best choices and decisions. And um, yeah, so this was the the girl's fault. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, they're showing off. There were no girls there. They'd totally be cool. That's. I mean, that's it's probably. Of, but again, that's their choice. Like they have made the stupid <laughs> yeah, decision to stu- do that. Stupidity is their form of peacocking. So, <laughs> Thunder Mountain, one of my favorite roller coasters. Okay. Ah. Um. However, if you ride it enough and you go all the time, you can pinpoint where security cameras are and when you where you know where they are. So we had these guy friends that did that and decided to start trying. They did the same thing, the lap bar. They would make it so it wouldn't go be secure. They would get out of the train car while the ride was running. Oh, I'm sorry. And get on the outside of the train car what? and jump from car to car while the while it, Thunder Mountain was going around curves and shit. Insane. I'm not kidding. Yes, completely fucking insane. And they would do it because they knew exactly where the cameras were and weren't. And so they knew exactly how much time they had to go from one seat to the other. And so like, yeah. I'm not even kidding. So they would purposefully leave a friend sitting by themselves so that they had a seat to get into. And so that they would leave a seat. Yeah. The first time, this happened one time with me and like I think a couple of our girlfriends that they did it while we were there. And after that happened, we were like, fuck no. Do never ever do that again while we were around. Because first of all, they could have died. They seriously could have died. Yes. And but but this is why Disney makes their rules and why they have all their safety, you know, because the majority of people who have died at Disneyland have died because they did something stupid. Not because Disney mm-hmm. made it happen. They made a choice and did something dumb. 
And that's what all of these, <laughs> they make these rules to keep you safe and to keep dumb people safe, okay? Even though they probably, you know, should just let things run their course for that. But anyway, <sighs> it's happening again. And now I can see how it can be a worse thing because people are taking videos themselves and posting on social media yeah. and tempting other people to try these things. It's stupid. It's that, beyond stupid. The whole I dare you mentality. Oh my God. It's just. Although now that you mention it, Deb, it uh, seems like a good idea for a ride where you are harnessed up and you're standing. You don't even sit. And like the ride does the free fall and you'll sort of lift up a little bit and get that sensation of being out of it and. Then when the ride stops, you kind of come back to your feet. But you're harnessed in, in all directions, so you wouldn't collapse to the floor. And you just get that sensation of floating. Hmm. That might actually be fun. I wonder if that's out there somewhere. Yeah. Probably one of those, like, you, you couldn't, I mean, it, pay extra. It's one person at a time because you would bump into people or do other things like that. Yeah. Or you just have enough distance so that uh, people can't touch. I had a friend who worked at Disneyland who told a story about... Um, there was a couple that actually tried to sue them for, well, not sue them. They threatened a suit uh, because uh, their kid uh, fell out of the uh, Roger Rabbit. You oh. know that little Roger Rabbit? Right yeah. There? He fell out of that it's and got, got underneath the, yeah. yeah. And they reviewed the security cameras and they discovered, because this Roger Rabbit thing, at one point, you pass another ride, another car. Mm -hmm. It's like you're going, you're towards the end, and they're just starting, and you pass each other. Well, the husband and wife, the mother and father, thought it'd be a great idea to attempt to pass their child. Get mm -hmm. out of here! Telling you. Shit you not. And they had it on what? video. Yep. They See? tried to pass the kid, and they muffed the pass, and the kid fell, and then got uh, oh, that's run awful. over. Yeah. Yeah. People do stupid shit. It's stupid. amazing. What, what, who thinks this is a good idea? Yeah. Like yeah. then again, who thinks hopping roller coaster car to roller coaster car in motion is a good idea? Mm. Oh, people, what's wrong with you? Are you listening yeah. to our show? Stop. We don't need this demographic. <laughs> <laughs> really? Well, the the good the good news is that demographic won't last long. <laughs> it takes problem care takes care of itself, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. But it, it's yeah. terrible because they spoil things for others because they, they, they force rules that become more and more restrictive, <laughs> or they may get something completely closed down because. See, this is why regulation is so bad. People, it's their fault. Yeah. Because one person had to push the line and break the system for everybody. Right. Yeah. Had to take a bath with that toaster in their lap. Don't do it. Yeah, really. Just Blow dry wait your for hair. your toast. Just wait. Yeah. You don't need it now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Deb, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. Wicked geek! Although hey! I, I just realized that was a news we don't give a shit about. <laughs> I like to bring poignant stories to news. Wow. Oh, God. Right now, Steve is going, <laughs> <laughs> Poignant! <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Yeah. Apologize. I, I found it very poignant. Mm -hmm. uh, this Week in Geek is brought, to us, is brought to us by one of our Kofi members, and they give us the following ad. Hello, fellow Geek Shockers. Welcome to the first Mad Martron Kofi tutorial. Imagine... 
for example, that the August personages of the Geek Shock podcast has deigned, 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 deigned to, to send you something. <laughs> wow. Deigned to send you something. Yes. Right. Apparently, it's unusual, interesting, odd, scary, or otherwise just fucked up, that something. You listen what? intently, curiosity peaked. For days, you wait by the mailbox in anticipation. Oh, shit. Looking out <laughs> the window for the mailman like a nine-year-old who mailed in for his malted milk decoder ring. <laughs> oh, shit. Days pass. Weeks. Months. Nothing. It sets in depression. <laughs> oh, shit. You contemplate a second complete run through a Skyrim to help you <laughs> from your adject and oddly humiliating it. loss of serotonin. It does not work. Then one day you're listening. You hear a reference to updating your address. That's when you realize that, well, shit, you never updated your address. Son of a motherfucking turkey shit in a hobbit hole with a side of goddamn scat. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why it never arrived. Is it you? Well, Mad Martron is here to help. Step one, go to Kofi.com. K-O-F-I.com. Step two, log in with your username and password. Step three, put your password in four times. Step four, reset your incontinent frog piss licking password. <laughs> Step five, your new password cannot be the same as your old password. <laughs> Step six A, nine state kaiju like rampage. Step six B, spend a week returning to the state of Zen necessary to complete the login process. <laughs> Step seven, you're in. Now, all you need to do is change your address is to click on your page and find the address. Nope, no address change there. Step eight, click on settings. Must be there, right? Wrong. Step nine. Oh, there it is. It must be under accounts and billing. Clickety click for the win. And stingy fucky pong, it's not there. <laughs> Step 10, this give the, the fuck up. <clears throat> Message them at comments at geekslotpodfuckersuckmydick.com. <laughs> With your new address and hope to Harris bleached butthole, they figure it out. Hope you enjoy this Mad Martra tutorial. Stay tuned for more helpful hits. I'm sucking wind. That's fucking precious. Respectfully, Mad Martron. P.S. Vlog. It's Mad Martron, like Tron the movie. It does yes. not rhyme with Patron, no matter how many times you've passed out after drinking that shit. Thank you, Mad I Martron. I have corrected him. I have. Thank you, Mad Martron, for that uh, PSA, if mm -hmm. you will. That's great. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna send you something after this. Uh, well, um, first <laughs> yeah. question: So, do we have his updated address? Because we just mailed stickers. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Well, to be fair, if to be fair, if he emailed us at comments at geekslabpodfuckersuckmydick.com, <laughs> it probably wouldn't have reached us. Yeah, no. Boy, that's two addresses he's fucked up. How many times did you have to read this so that you didn't, like, trip over? I'm not, <laughs> some words just trip off the tongue. I'm, I'm going to not buy that URL. <laughs> what? Really? No? We'll, 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 we'll take care of you. So right now we've got a fan who doesn't realize they're a fan. Yeah. They're getting all this shit <laughs> yeah. from Geek Shock. Like, what this? What is this? <laughs> Who are these people? Uh, I think, I think actually, uh, seriously, we need to keep sending shit to that address. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 no. What I'm going to do is I'm going to write them a nice letter and say, hey, sorry, we confused you with someone else. 
However, if you're interested in listening to an amazing show that explains this crazy shit that's in your mail, listen to GeekShockPodcast.com. I recommend starting with this one. <laughs> uh, so if you go on to Kofi and you can't find an address change thing, uh, email us. Our actual address, GeekShockPodcast.com. Yeah. Comments at. Yes. And, uh, and we can make adjustments from that. Yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Or send a postcard to our P.O. box. Yes. Because I have that handy, right? You gotta, I gotta look it up. It's on the Discord. Oh my God. Oh my God. Discord, dude. it's not so on. hard. Geek Shock, 213 North Stephanie Street, Suite G, number 189, Henderson, Nevada, 89074. Did you update the. Uh... No. <laughs> King. King. Kingvald, yes, yeah. I know. Sorry, dude. I will do it before this airs. Kingvald what? He sent him a clip on Discord and was like, hey, you need to fix this because it literally just says like oh, ABC right. Street or something. Yes, in disarray. It was Deal his it. Uh, yeah. placeholder. Yeah. <laughs> well, the good thing with the stickers we just mailed, because we did mail them all, so everybody, they are coming. They have our a return address of our P.O. box on the envelope. So you also have it there. When you get your stickers. If you do not get your stickers in like, I don't know, let's allow for a week for the mail, uh, write us. Yeah. And we'll figure it out. Yeah. You don't have to write us, Martron. <laughs> we, we you got- sure? <laughs> yeah, because I'm just going to resend them. You, do you have his address? I don't know. He's going to ask Yeah, him. We'll I know. figure it out. <laughs> what do you mean we'll figure We'll figure it out. How are we going to figure it out? We're going to figure we're, it out. We're going to try <laughs> We're going to get a big book, and we're going to try every address one at a time. We're going to put them in this, and we're going to assign addresses to this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now we're sending it to Guam. Eventually, we'll get it right. (laughs) Around episode 804. Maybe. Maybe. That's not that long. Oh, yeah, it isn't. I know. They're just... 8,004. They're flying fucking by. They are, man. And we're doing it the hard way. Darn right. One a week. Yeah. Damn it. None of this two a week Who has a time shit like some podcasts. <laughs> uh, look, we could geek back to that. Kirsten <laughs> 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 almost did a noser. <laughs> New Line Cinema and Warner Brothers Pictures are partnering up Embracer Groups, AB Middle Earth Enterprises, with a new multi-year deal to develop a new series of new uh, The Lord of the Rings movies. Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zasloff shared his news during the company's call to discuss its Q4 2022 earnings. It's been 20 years since New Line released Peter Jackson's epic The Lord of the Rings trilogy, which earned 17 Oscars. uh, Jackson later directed the Hobbit trilogy, and the six total films grossed nearly $6 billion. How many Oscars did uh, Hobbit trilogy get? I don't know. Not that many. Much of anything, really. (laughs) I think they may have gotten... Set design or costumes or... And they also got too big for their bridges. Warner Brothers Pictures Group co-chairs, CEOs Michael DeLuca and Pam Addy says, 20 years ago, New Line took an unprecedented leap of faith to realize the incredible stories, characters, and the world of The Lord of the Rings on the big screen. The result was a landmark series of films that have been embraced by generations of fans, but for all the scope and detail lovingly packed into the two trilogies, the vast, complex, and dazzling universe dreamed up by J.R.R. Tolkien remains largely unexplored on film. 
the opportunity to invite fans deeper into the cinematic world of Middle Earth is an honor, and we are excited to partner with Middle Earth Enterprises and Embracer on this adventure, unquote. New Line and Warner Brothers Animation are currently in production on the anime film, The Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim, the story of which sets 183 years before the events of Lord of the Rings. Uh, the movie tells the fates of the house of Helm Hammerhand, the legendary king of Rohan, and is set to open theatrically on April 12th, 2024. Uh, Middle Earth Enterprises owns exclusive worldwide motion picture, game, merchandising, stage, and other certain rights in certain Tolkien literary works, including The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. So, how do you feel about a further exploration of The Lord of the Rings under Warner Brothers' banner? Uh, aside from Amazon's own exploration of Lord of the Rings. Um, I'm okay with further exploration. I'm just, you know, Warner Brothers? Mm, that makes me nervous. Well, Warner Brothers did Harry Potter. Warner Brothers is bleeding money right they now. They are. They really and are. They're so, trying to find something that's... So they're trying to embrace their big guns, and obviously this is one of the big guns they've gotten a hold of. So I've... I've actually never read, I, I take that back, I read the first of the three Lord of the Rings novels. It was rough. It was hard to get through for me. Um, but I've never, like, how many more stories have really been written about the, like, the universe that exists? Like, or would it have to be things oh. that are really tangible to just the... Lots. Has there? Oh, lots. Well, he, he hasn't published, but Tolkien wrote lots. Well, uh, how would you know if he hadn't published them? Right. Uh, because Christopher Tolkien has published them. Oh. So like side story, like... Silmarillion, uh, The Book of Lost Tales, Unfinished Tales. Okay. Uh, there, there are things Tolkien rewrote, uh, Children of Hurin. The story of Helm Hammerhand is actually kind of, it's like lore that is in the uh, trilogy. <clears throat> and it's about a... Uh, a desperate, desperate fight uh, against an orc invasion that um, the Rohan had during a, it was one of the, it was actually one of the the worst times for the kingdoms where the uh, orcs almost almost prevailed, and I think Sauron wasn't even like really involved. But uh, it's a it's a cool story. So that the Helm's Deep is named after Helm. So that Helm's Deep is where Helm Hammerhand actually uh, fought the orcs. And at one point he became famous because he would like, it was in this really nasty winter. The snow is really blowing deep and he would go out orc hunting. He would, and he would blow a horn, Helm's horn, and he would blow the horn to like let him know he's coming. And then he would just go out and, you know, collect orc heads. So it's actually, I mean, that particular story is actually pretty, it's funny because it's actually pretty badass. I mean, right after Vikings, right after the Northmen and shit, if they, good time for that they, they it, it, it might actually be, you know, if they don't, if they don't fuck it up and get all frou-frou and shit, it actually could be a pretty, it's one of the more badass, although the story of uh, the children of Huron where uh, the one guy gets captured by Sauron and he's put on a rock seat on a mountain and given the ability to see everything 
and he's just forced to sit there and watch his family and his people get wiped out by the orcs over the next like 25 years or something that's oh, pretty wow. badass too that's there's Warner, hardcore. There's Warner Brothers at the chops to do this? I, <laughs> well, you know, there's the big question, You know, right? Amazon, I thought I thought it was good. I, yeah, I, I, really, I really enjoyed, enjoyed it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think they could do something like now, this. I don't know if Warner does. Remind me, that's not the, that's not the Salmarillion. The Salmarillion? How, how do you say it? Silmarillion? That's, the Rings of Power story is not that story, right? Is it uh, story? Uh, Rings of Power, no, yeah. Silmarillion kind of goes into it, um, but... It because uh, it talks about the but it's more about the Silmarils themselves and then like all uh, Sauron and the making of the rings Celebrimbor that all follows after. Okay, so this is just after that storyline. Just after, Got yeah. It. I think but that's I think that's why they can do it because it's not the Silmarillion. Got it. But it's still like a thousand years before, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. it's huge. Uh, so this one that's coming up next year. Uh, how do you feel about the Helm Hammerhand as a well anime? Anime? Anime. Yeah, that, that's an animated movie. Oh, animated or anime? This says anime, but I'm going to say it's animated. Warner Brothers, so it's an animated movie. Okay. Because you know what, dude? If it was anime, yikes. That'd be interesting to see if they got some God-honest... You know, uh, anime uh, artists from Japan, uh, holy shitball. Because, I mean, if there's one thing that anime, you know, Japanese anime hasn't actually tackled yet, it's It's Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. And boy, oh boy, could they fucking ever. Uh, Animation? Mm. You know, I love, I love the Ralph Bakshi Lord of the Rings movie. That's what got me into the whole thing. Um, so, you know, I'm not afraid of, of them going there, but I know a lot of people are, they, they hear Lord of the Rings animation and they kind of get squirrely. So I, uh, I don't know. I was, okay. I heard you totally fucking wrong, man. I thought it was live action. Did, was I the only one who fucked that up? No, no. I heard it as live action. Well, he didn't say. I, I did say. He did you? Say, <laughs> but then he continued talking about other. They're going to try to do other. Properties then he continued talking. That was the problem. The, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. lost me. If he's the talking. exact line was new line in Warner Brothers animation are currently in production on the anime <laughs> film. Yeah. Oh, okay. That part. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Wow. You don't pay attention. Yeah. I totally zoned out as soon as he finished Brothers. Uh, that was right. You cannot do two things at once. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> on the other hand, dude, if Warner Brothers animation, if Bruce Tim is. Uh, Oh, wow. Okay. Sure. I'll take some fucking Bruce Tim Lord of the Rings. Bruce Hot Tim, damn. What does he do? Batman the Animated Series. Oh. I, I don't think it's him. <laughs> who, does Har- who does the Harlequin cartoon? Uh, is, is that Warner Brothers? That's anime? Warner Brothers animation. Yeah. Well. I like that one. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Okay. And overall, the DC animated movies are I, pretty yeah. decent. If, 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 they, if they hit it, they hit it there. Yeah, okay, it's different. I mean, I mean you know, it hits different now. Yeah, maybe. Okay, all right. But what are they going to do? Compete with Amazon? Well, they'll do yeah. other stories that are live action, but this will be. They're probably. I, testing I would. I would love that testing the waters. Yeah, maybe. See yeah. how the, how much interest there really is. Yeah, in order to bring well, you said they're bleeding money. This. Well, they don't. This doesn't cost as much money as I know this, whole. but I don't. Is this going to generate the revenue that a Lord of the Rings movie trilogy would? Wow. I know it's a hot stock on Hollywood Stock Exchange. People oh there think it's going to. 
I I don't. I do know. think it'll be a good test for them to see how interested people really are in the content. Like, yeah. How much do they want more story from that universe? From that, you know, yeah. it'll help drive that decision at least a little. You bit. know who should do this? The story of Helm Hammerhand animated, Gindy Tartakovsky. Who's that? Help me out. He's the guy who did Samurai Jack, and he's doing the uh, the current uh, Primal. I don't know what that is. And he also did the uh, the animated Clone Wars before they oh, went, before they did okay. the 3D. That's very very stylized. I yeah. don't know if that's the style for Lord of the Rings, oh. at least for general public. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I could handle it. You guys got to watch <laughs> Primal too. Primal's not bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the prequel series inspired by Stephen King's It Welcome to Derry got the green light and is officially moving forward. The project was developed by filmmakers Andy Muschietti and Barbara Muschietti. They did It and It Chapter 2, and Jason Fuchs, who did It Chapter 2 and Wonder Woman. The series is set in the world of King's It universe and expands the story established by Muschietti in the feature films It and It Chapter 2. Fuchs will write the first episode. He also serves as showrunner along with Brad Caleb Kane. Muschietti will direct multiple episodes of the series, including the first episode. Stephen King said in a statement, quote, I'm excited that the story of Derry, Maine's most haunted city, is continuing, and I'm glad Andy Muschietti is going to be overseeing the frightening festivities, along with a brain trust, including his talented sister Barbara, red balloons all around, unquote. Uh, There are no details to share in regards to the story. Uh, but when previously talking about the mythology, Muschietti said, quote, there's a whole mythology to the book, though. Myth- mythology is something that has al- always has opportunities to explore. It, a.k.a. Pennywise, has been on Earth for millions of years. He's been in contact with humans for hundreds of years, every 27 years. So you can imagine the amount of material. It's always exciting to think of eventually exploring this mythology. It's very exciting. But for now, there's nothing on the table, unquote. So they literally can do the storyline at any time period in the... Uh, yeah. Uh, it arrived on Earth in a massive cataclysmic event similar to the asteroid impact, landing in a location in North America that would eventually become Derry, Maine. Uh, I went ahead and grabbed a timeline for it, which shows these are events in the book, It itself, that haven't been touched in either It or It Chapter 2. So it starts with a 1717... Uh, 1715, 1716, uh, and that's when it awakes painfully at that point. Uh, 1740, it starts a three-year reign of terror that culminates in the disappearance of over 300 settlers from Derry Township. Um, In 1769, it wakes again, but there's no indicator what happens then. In 1851, it awakes when a man named John Markson poisons his own family, then commits suicide by eating a white nightshade mushroom, causing an excruciating death. In 1876, it awakens and returns to hibernation after murdering a group of lumberjacks who were later found near the Kendasoig stream. In 1904, it awakes when a lumberjack named Claude Hero murders a dozen men in a bar with an axe. Hero was promptly pursued by a mob of townsfolk and hung. In 1906, it returns to hibernation when the Kitchener ironworks explode, killing 108 people, 88 of whom were children at an Easter egg hunt. Wow. And in 1929, it awakes when a group of dairy citizens ambushes and kills the Bradley gang, a group of robbers and murderers. The town, including its police chief, pretends it never happened. However, a witness later recounts the tale to Mike Hanlon, including seeing a clown in the farmer's attire participating in the slaying. And the last one that before 
the movie stuff takes over is 1930. It returns to hibernation when Maine Legion of White Decency, a northern counterpart to the Ku Klux Klan, burns down the Black Spot, a nightclub known to cater to African Americans at a nearby army base. It appears at the location as a giant bird with balloons on its wings, and of course the rest is in the movies. So just those events are in the novel. Hmm. So, and there's also a few points in there where it's like, it awakens, but we don't know what's happened in the, that time. So there's so, a lot of the stuff, stuff to explore. Right. And I, I know that there's a, some pushback to it. A lot of the It fans are like, no, you can't expand on it. Uh, I, I disagree, uh, especially in Muschietti's hands. Uh, in my opinion, It Chapter 1 has one of my favorite horror moments of the past 20 years. And it's a moment that is not in the books. It is the painting that comes to life to Stan. In the book, Stan is afraid of a mummy. And they did that a little bit in the TV version of it, back the Tim Curry version. And in modern audiences, mummies just aren't scary. Uh, And instead, they had one of these paintings come to life. And it's based on an actual artist's style of painting, of Jewish paintings back in the day that Andy Muschietti himself was scared of as a kid because they were kind of elongated necks and head at a twisted angle there. They look very innocent, but at the same time, they don't. And he just created a more terrifying version of that that comes to life. And it is one of my favorite horror moments of the past 20 years. So I have no issue with the Muschietti's expanding on the universe because they've already done it and effectively. So I'm behind this. I'm trying to remember that scene. I know the one scene that really got me was when they were in the garage and they had the the the, the film playing. That was fucking creepy. A lot of great moments in that movie. Lots <laughs> of them. I have a reproduction. I have a print of that painting, full size, of in my bedroom. Of course you do. <laughs> Hoping one day for it to come to yeah. life because that's how you want to go. Isn't it's it? creepy as killed hell. by a clown. I'm waiting. I can make that happen. I bet you can. Yeah. yeah how much he, is a clown suit? He, don't have he wouldn't answer the mail. move on (laughs) the fake Broadway musical Rogers the musical that was introduced in Marvel's Hawkeye series was a big hit with fans Marvel and Disney have now decided to take the musical to a new level and it's been announced that Rogers the musical will be coming to Disneyland's California Adventure Park Hyperion Theater for a limited time this summer yay yes Oh, summer trip no. for Deb and Vlark. <laughs> Agent Carter, like they've been teasing Agent Carter with it. So uh, Rogers the Musical yeah. is based on the life of Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America. What we saw in Hawkeye showcased a show-stopping musical number based upon the Avengers Battle of New York entitled Save the City. The original song was co-written by Scott Whitman, the producer Mark Scheiman, and uh, Rogers the Musical storyline music and debut date will be announced at a later date. But it's coming! Yay! How exciting is that? That is exciting. <laughs> I found De- Jeff texted me this information. I, that's easy. so. Thank you, Jeff. First of all. No. Well, okay, no. so you've never seen the shows The Hyperion, but they're only like 20, 25 minutes. They're not that long, so it's it's like perfect. For yeah. doing it there, Barry, it won't be that long. It's not a whole musical. No, yeah. you won't it's a, it's suffer a that style long. Music. Yes. Disneyland is style yes. musical. They want you back out in the parks. They got multiple shows. All right, yeah. I won't suffer for long. <laughs> I want a full report. I'll just suck it up. Take it. I, 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 Jeff Deb, will probably get there before we do. But good yeah, point. yeah. 
but Deb, I definitely want your take on it. Absolutely. Barry, I definitely want your take on it. <laughs> oh, you'll get it. <laughs> you'll get it. <laughs> Cop Rock. No. Evil Dead franchise star Bruce Campbell is going out on tour this spring to entertain and interact with fans. He's calling it Bruce-arama, and it's an evening of entertainment. He's set to visit 22 cities nationwide. Campbell's Bruce-arama journey begins April 5th in Greenville, South Carolina, hitting venues mostly around the East Coast and Midwest. The event is described as a two-part evening of indulgent fun. It will include an installment of the Campbell-hosted interactive game show Last Fan Standing, which quizzes the audience on trivia, quote, about the things that really matter, fantasy, horror, sci-fi, superheroes, and gaming, unquote. Campbell also drew introduce a cult film favorite he starred in, but no specific title was given. And there will also be a lively, quote, half hour of antidotes, insults, random cash giveaways, unquote. His website has tour dates, ticket info, which includes VIP tickets that include getting a photo with Campbell and at some locations, the option of getting an autographed chainsaw. So. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Uh, if you haven't seen Campbell live, he is so entertaining. I do highly recommend it. He, uh, I saw him at a Fangoria event years ago, and he was the highlight of the whole thing. He just knows how to captivate, control, and entertain an audience. So... Uh, in fact, uh, I asked him a question during the panel, and he gave me the most interesting and probably most straightforward advice for acting in film I've ever gotten. Because I, I, I at the time, I was still very much pursuing acting. And so he, I asked him, I was like, what suggestions do you give to a, uh, a, an actor these days that wants to break into the industry? And his answer was, go to Hungary. Yeah, I, I was like, wait, what? He's like, I'm not kidding. There's so much independent film happening in Hungary worldwide, American, British, Canadian, just because it's so cheap to film there that in a lot of cases it's cheaper to send everybody to there to film and then than it is to go to Canada these days and film. Wow. So if you are an American actor in Hungary, you will be cast in everything. Because they need American actors for those productions. Wow. And I'm like, that's amazing advice. That I explains a lot of the actors that I see in like Asian cinema that I see them all the time. And they always suck. But, but why does this guy keep getting work? Yeah, that. Okay. Huh. Interesting. And I'm like, that was one of the most straightforward, most helpful advice I've ever gotten from another actor and I really appreciated that. I Did can't you? make no, I can't make the move to Hungary. I had a life here. Uh, but if I had the ability and the freedom of movement uh, 10 years younger, yeah, I could have absolutely done that. Yeah. It, it was uh, advice 10 years too late, but I really appreciated hearing it. And so I'm passing it on here for anybody else in there and I just want to throw out there uh, Aussie Matt, good job on your audition. I hope you get a part. That's awesome. He auditioned for Spam a lot, people. <gasps> really? Yeah. I'm going to need a recording of that if he gets yeah. into it. Yeah, Matt, really. Good luck. That's amazing. I fart in your general direction. Right. He might actually get to say that. How fantastic is that? Stowaway director John Pena is set to direct a new sci-fi thriller for Endeavor content called Trespasser. The film is being produced by Jason Fuchs. Hey, that guy again. Working on Welcome to Derry. Uh, Brad Fuller from The Purge in a Quiet Place and Alexandra Fuchs, I assume uh, wife or relative. 
The movie is described as, quote, a grounded genre story set in the Alaskan wilderness where a father and daughter living in isolation encounter a mysterious otherworldly creature and are thrust into a journey of peril, survival, and redemption, unquote. The film is based on a blacklist screenplay written by Gabe Hobson and adapted from Justin M. Ryan's 2017 Alterna Comics-published graphic novel. Trespasser was originally published in 2016 as a four-issue digital series available through download through uh, Amazon's Comixology portal. Um, if you're not familiar with the blacklist screenplay list, that is the highest-rated screenplays uh, that are unproduced. Uh, Hollywood puts that together every year where like, there's a lot of interest and a lot of buzz, but no one's bought them yet. So they kind of compile them as a list of these are kind of the top screenplays. Some get made eventually, some don't. This obviously is uh, one of them. Huh. Blumhouse Productions has proven itself at creating incredibly popular but comparatively low-budget horror stories on the silver screen. Now the company has decided to see if it can do the same thing interactively with the creation of Blumhouse Games. The plan is to do the same thing for video games as it's been doing with movies. Be cheap, but be scary and good. From the press release, quote, Blumhouse Games will partner with independent game developers to bring their creative vision to life via original horror-themed games for console, PC, and mobile audiences. In the spirit of its film business, Blumhouse Games will target indie-budget games below $10 million to enable innovation and pushing creative boundaries, unquote. Uh, the word original is interesting because it implies that Blumhouse Games won't be based on its many popular movie franchises, but instead utilize the same creativity the production side has brought to films by focusing on ideas instead of remakes. But the original could also encompass games based on Blumhouse's original movies, if not immediately, then eventually. What kind of games are we talking about? Horror games, but I, we don't know exactly what that means. It's an overall of the King branch. That's uh, vague. It's very vague. But it's also Blumhouse. And I'm not saying Blumhouse can do no wrong. They've had a few missteps, but their missteps are few and far between. They, I haven't seen the new Megan. I hear it's kind of middling, but it's done very well in the box office. The uh, stuff with uh, Insidious, The Nun. If uh, they're serious about it, they could make a lot of money because games require way more story than movies or television does. Um and with horror games, you could do lots more than you could on a screen if they got the money behind it. Yeah. So we'll see what kind of cash they're putting behind it. Ten million a game sounds like. Is that really? That sounds That's more not like a lot. games no. and yeah. That's not a lot. If this is going to be a horror game for my phone, come on. That's not horror. Well, some of it says it's going to be mobile, but some of it's also going to be PC and console. So it looks like they're kind of spreading that out. So you, maybe you'll get to. And a Blumhouse matched the gems in a scary way. <laughs> well, how much? So, how much did it cost to make some of those like Silent Hill games? The video oh my games? god! Uh, those, Lots. Yeah, the, we're, right. we're, we're talking like hundred million plus. So, how are they going to make an effective PC or console game with a ten million dollar budget? Um, but not all. Uh, yeah, we're talking the massive ones, the Silent Hills, the Resident Evils. Uh, but there's some smaller ones out there that. Did just fine. I'm not a massive fan of the gameplay of Five Nights at Freddy's, but that was a cheap game to make, and that made tons of money. So it's it's out there, and its jump scares are effective. I mean, so much so that watching people play it on YouTube is more fun than playing it yourself. And it has a really kind of cool lore it's developed over time, too. Didn't make the games any better, but the background story is actually kind of neat. 
about the animatronic pizza place that and all the reasons that it became so terrifyingly haunted. Yeah. Uh, Is it a take off the, Chuck E. Cheese? Yes. Okay. It's absolutely a haunted Chuck E. Cheese. Got it. Where you the game is you're playing as a night security person and at night the animatronics come to life and try and kill you uh, but you can scare them away with light so you basically have uh, cameras that you are controlling and watching where things are changing and trying to catch them at the right moment to turn on the light to back them off and get through each night and each night is progressively harder it's an easy simple concept but great in execution as far as making something entertaining to watch now, did they wring all the blood out of it a long time ago? They, they, I think the last one was released like last year. And so kind of cares anymore. But it spawned a, a whole thing. I think there's a, a cookbook now. For, Seriously? For yes. Jesus. And there's, uh, there's plenty of novels about it now. It's kind of like with Minecraft and novels that it was big enough to create that much of an interest. Interesting. Mm. Wow. But uh, and there's the movie apparently is still in development. I completely missed that piece of geekdom. I never tried, never even tried it. Uh, if if you want a entertaining trip down it, look up YouTube. Uh, there's plenty of very interesting uh, Five Nights at Freddy's lore videos that just take you into the whole background story of the history of what happened in the the places to turn it into what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's creepy enough, but it's proof positive that you can make a scary, cheap game and make it effective. So I wish him luck. I think if anyone's got the right mentality for it, it's that company. Mm-hmm. What's your mentality on wanting to eat certain mythological creatures? Write to us, comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And uh Mom and Ninja Scoop, congratulations on winning whatever we're going to send you. It's guaranteed to be fabulous. You know it, because you know it. And us. let's hope your address is right. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to make that right, Mad Martron. And until yeah. next week, I am Master Torgo. Commander K. Vlarg. And Deb. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Mm. Yeah. yeah what, what other tasty mythological creatures are out there? Oh, Sphinx, all the Muppets. At all, you know, so many of these creatures we've we've mentioned so far have very lion-like bodies. Yeah, mm. Manticore, Hippogriff, mm. well, Sphinx, even dragons have kind of lion-esque yes. bodies. In Lean, a way, more like super, yeah, yeah, they have scales I think we're, on. We're them, thinking but. about things that would actually have some meat to them. Yeah, I think so. Well, yeah, although owl bear doesn't sound good. No, no, no. Sasquatch, even centaur. <laughs> That just doesn't sound great either. So, centaur seems uh, like an ethical step over. The yes. Line. Yeah. Well, where do you draw the line with your mythical creatures? Things that look human. Yeti. See, Kirsten's fine. He's into big, big fit and Yeti. He's he's down. Yeti, Yeti. Uh, I would say, if game is scarce, yeah, I need a Yeti. Yeah. I, skunk ape. <laughs> skunk ape. Grape ape. Mm-hmm. You know what that tastes like. Grape! <laughs> Grape ape! Mothman. Ew. I'm not but, into eating insects. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. And no. They're uh, crunchy. And it's the powderiness of the wings I can't get behind. The Shoot. turtle that supports the world in the King universe. That feeds a lot of people. Yes. yes. See, I'm but thinking about solving world. But the world falls. 
So what's happening there? Chupacabra. What a way to go. You know what? They're all over Mexico. I, I've, I've had uh, my share of goat. I've enjoyed goat in the past. I'm not sure a goat sucker, though, is a very appealing thought. Hmm. Shisa. The uh, the Chinese food dogs. Okay, interesting. A food dog. Why would you? Dresden has a food dog. Why would you want to do that? Oh shit! You stepped in it now, okay? You guys are just. You guys want to eat stuff? I don't actually want to eat any of these things. I want to see them. <laughs> I do. And like last I knew, you wanted to eat a manicure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had to come up with something. With his scorpion tail and shit, <laughs> cracking. Ooh, cracking. Wouldn't yeah. that be more like? Kind of kind eel, of, like I, think I more, like eel, delicious. I think I don't like eel, but I'm thinking more like a calamari kind of thing with that one. See, I maybe a little, little mix, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. You got to be careful though, because that stuff can get rubbery. It depends what kind of kraken we're talking here. Is it kind of like the the kraken of the the ancient seas, or might the kraken from uh, Clash of the Titans? You know, Ooh, it's what geez, you do. Yeah. Scylla wow. and Charybdis. Uh, remind me. They are uh, like the two, the brother and sister mythological. Sea monsters. Yeah, they're like oh. the the first children of the the main. I forget what they call them in Rome. It's Roman mythology, isn't it? It's, it's Greek. It's Greek. Um, it's Roman. Uh, children no. of the Titans. Yeah, children of the Titans. So like you know, the, all the monsters and they're the sea monsters. monsters. Oh, of the world. Okay. One's a whirlpool. The other is. And then after them is when they had like the ones that we all know, like Apollo and oh, sure. Zeus, and yeah. yeah. Although, although I will say, thinking about uh, Clash of the Titans. We all know that Medusas are filled with acidic raspberry jam. So that, if, and probably small amounts. On a amounts. nice toast. Yeah, mm, yeah. I think yeah. that's. I think that uh, the acidity will bring something really nice <sighs> to it. <sighs> Minotaur steaks. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, oh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like buffalo almost. That's a, <laughs> yeah. That's a whole new reason to go into the labyrinth, folks. Yeah. Get some Minotaur. Um, I don't. I, I'm just avoiding anything having to do with insects. They're just gross, and I bet they taste gross. All right, what I'm gonna name out a monster, and I want you to tell me what it tastes like because I can't for the life of me think of it. Umber Hulk. What is an Umber Hulk? It's a D and D monster. It's kind of buggy, <clears throat> rubbery, rubbery. Okay. I'm gonna say rubbery, rubbery. Yeah, but the yeah. flavor though. Like, like octopus left out. Oh, okay. Just rubbery. Yeah, yeah. The octopus left out. All right. Did you put away the octopus? Oh, shit. Yeah, you ever had old octopus? It's gross. Yeah. Why right. would you eat that? Hungry. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go a little deeper for you D&D people out there, all right? Uh, which would you rather eat? A Neo Ogta or a Zorn? Oh, my God. A, a, okay. Zorn. Zorn. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Zorn or Rust Monster? Rust so, Monster. Yeah. So, you know, then well, I, I have to be very careful. I have metal inside. My yeah, mouth. Oh, I was wow. going to say that'll suck. get rid of my my old fillings and yeah. I can get some good uh, composite <laughs> fillings. In. The dentist is like, oh, did you eat rust monster? <laughs> Why would you even say a jug? Th- those things are that's a poop monster. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> Gary Gygax's way of explaining how garbage is gotten rid of in dungeons. Yeah. I wrote a whole thing on that for some D&D thing. I, I have to I have to. Get it to you. It's about uh, what what exactly happens on that special level in Undermountain. Mm-hmm. How, how do you pronounce that? O o o I always called it Ugta, but I want to be schooled. O t u y u g h. I think it is. It might be Atya. I just want to know how to pronounce it right, so I call you that right. It's Torgo. So is a shit monster. So Doctor Ugta. 
is the perfect name. You're a shit monster. Yeah.